there, beautiful people. Beck here. So I am super excited for today's guest today. On the show, I have Alexandra Nye. She is an actress, a content creator. She's one of my favorite people to follow, not only on Instagram, but also on Facebook. She has her own business. Alex is a big advocate of mental health. She talks about anxiety, depression, things that she's going through, and she she's just an overall promoter of peace and well-being, which I absolutely love. You know how on board I am with that. And we talk all about that. We also talk about online business, how to successfully sell your product online, because that's a really big thing that we have both noticed. We both noticed the wrong ways of doing it and we talk a little bit about what we appreciate when people are authentic in their brands in their business and are creating content for the sake of having fun and not making sales their number one priority but making your passion and what you love and what you do the forefront of your brand. So we talk a ton about business. We talk a ton about branding, being influencers, which is kind of a weird thing to say, the ups and downs of, you know, presenting yourself online. We talk about so many things and it's a really good episode. So please, uh, I don't know why I just made that announcer voice. Uh, didn't really work. But anyway, let's go ahead and dive on into the episode. I think you're going to have so much fun listening to it, as much fun as we had recording it. I think you can really tell how much we enjoyed our conversation. It goes on for a while. Deeming this the longest episode of the My Best Life podcast, but there was just so much good stuff that I did not want to cut anything out. Um, I cut some things out obviously in editing, but I kept all the good stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right. So I've got Alex on the show. So Alexandra and I, uh, could you introduce yourself? Let everyone know who you are, what you do, um, et cetera. Yes. Hi. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, my name's Alexandra Nye, and I do frequently go by Alex, so feel free to call me that. Um, I am an actress, a writer, and a social media content creator, and I like to focus on lifestyle and mindfulness. And then I also run an online makeup business, so I do quite a bit, but mostly I love working with other people. Yeah, that's amazing. I do see, um, so you and I met on social media, um, just to kind of give that introduction. Um, so we both live in LA. I actually didn't even know you lived here. I thought for some reason when I met you, I was like, oh, she used to live in like Texas or something. I don't know where I made that assumption. So we actually haven't met. I love that. (laughs) Unfortunately. Um, so from what I know of you, you do quite a few different things. Um, and I think you're, they're all very cool. Um, maybe we could talk about the makeup, uh, makeup stuff first, if you could just briefly share what that's all about. Cause I feel like that's what I see you doing the most, even though I know you're getting into other things as well. Like how did you start it? What's your goal with it? What do you do? Like share, share everything. All right. Thank you. Um, So my love for makeup started when I was really young. I have been involved in the theater my entire life, and I always loved acting. But when I couldn't act, I wanted to do hair and makeup. So whatever I auditioned for, if I did not get a role in it, 
hair and makeup is what I jumped to. And so in college, I studied a lot of special effects and doing like the, the big face paints and, you know, 3D stuff and building on your face. And it was very, very cool. So I was introduced to this makeup company. Um, they're called the Alcone Company, and they have a brick and mortar store in Manhattan. They cater to Broadway, to film and to television. And that's where professional makeup artists go to get all of their professional um, equipment. So Alcone owns or distributes over 60 different makeup companies and their products. So when I found out that they do direct sales, which I found out a year and a half ago, I thought that was very cool because it wasn't a makeup company who was like, ooh, we're creating makeup to sell directly to people in an MLM model. It was a company that already existed, but their business plan really only allowed them to sell to professional makeup artists. So you had to be a union member to get their stuff. Yeah, and so they were like, what's the, the biggest way for us to distribute our products to non-professionals. Um, and it's the same professional products, so they didn't change their quality or anything. They just took their top selling makeup and skincare products. Um, and they were like, okay, direct sales is a super hot market. And it seems to be a business model that a lot of people chase right now. So we think there's money in that. And so that's why they added direct sales to their company. Um, but I fell in love with them. I've been using their products for probably 20 years and didn't realize it at first when I heard of, so their direct sales company is called Lime Life by Alcone. And yeah, I started, well, I started the business a year ago in September. So about a, about a year ago now. And I, I love it. Originally, it was just like, oh, here's makeup I can get a discount on. It doesn't make me break out. And I have horrible skin. So that was huge. And then after that, it was all like, oh, these, these products are real products. They're quality. They're professional. I worked on a TV show for three years as an assistant to an actress. And it was like literally the makeup being put on her face is this makeup that I sell. So I was like, that's very cool to see it in action, not just random claims that a celebrity uses yeah. this product. You know? So I loved that. And then it was just like, okay, this is quality stuff and people actually love it and buy it. And I love working with people in this sales type environment. So I took it and ran with it. And eventually I am hoping that it can pay all of my bills, you know, which would be fantastic. It doesn't quite yet. I won't lie about that, but it is some extra income every single month. And I love doing it. So it doesn't really yeah, feel like work. That's awesome. I love, I love seeing all of your stuff and I haven't bought anything from you yet, but when I look at the products, I actually feel like, oh, this is some really quality stuff. Like you can look at Avon or whatever, and I'm not going to, you know, quote unquote shit on any other companies, but um, I think I notice a difference just in the way not only they market themselves, but just based on the quality of the makeup, not only that I see on their website, but that I see on you because you go live and you take pictures and you show, um, you actually are like a great model for the products, which I think is really hard to do when you're in direct sales unless it is truly something, and I can say this as a health coach, if it is something that you truly embody, then the product or whatever it is sells itself. But when, you know, you're not super aligned and it is just something you're trying to get off the ground, then you can kind of see that, if that makes sense. It does. Thank you. Um, I've done direct sales before, and I think it was everything that you just described. I don't think you and I... 
I don't think we had become friends yet um, online, so I don't know that you saw this business, but it was one of those health and wellness. And I, again, it's not to shit on any particular company, but there are those models that are so, um, and I, I mean the business models, they're so scammy and it's, you know, reach out to this person and really pressure them. And if you don't build a team, what are you doing here? And you won't make money. And it's like, okay, that's the pyramid scheme. That's the multi-level marketing that everybody hates these days because it's so overdone and it's just... Yeah. Someone's building a connection, you know, to try to sell you something they don't actually care about you. Whereas Lime Life in their business model, you know, they're like, we believe in our products so much that we don't actually want you guys to build a team just for the sake of building a team. We want you to get the products out there. And so I have one team member and she is usually not active, which means I don't make money from her. And I still am making hundreds of dollars every month because it really is in the sales and we're so, I mean, I don't want to say we're against it because people run their business how they want, but it's really discouraged to blindly message people and just try to sell something to them, you know, because nobody likes that. It's so, it's not genuine. And so I love that just doing the videos and literally doing something I would do in my free time is what people watch and what makes them want to buy something. They're just like, okay, we just keep using it and teaching them. And like, that's cool. That's enough. You don't need to scam anyone. So yeah. all about that, which I'm sure yeah. you probably run into being a health coach online. Oh, absolutely. I was even going to start talking about that. <laughs> no, um, the one thing that I notice as a health coach is I, I had a business coach. I actually just um, ended my time with that business coach after a year of working with them. Um, and the very first thing when I first got my health coach coaching business up and running, they teach you how to connect with people who are already your friends, who are already people who like know and trust you and how to not offer your service, but to just put yourself out there on social media and really build trust and prove your, um, prove not only that your product works that prove that like, you know, you know, it's really just about social proof than it is about going around trying to sell people. Because I think if I had gotten involved in sales in that manner of like, and I run into this too, like people who message me and are not paying attention to the fact that I'm already like a trainer and the health coach and all this stuff, they'll start messaging me and being like, Hey, I'm selling this product or, Hey, I do online coaching. Do you want to be, you know, trained by me? And I'm like, first of all, I just met you five minutes ago. We were having this really nice conversation that you totally just ruined. Um, and you know, like some people, when they go into whether it's MLM or they're trying to get their own business off the ground, they kind of go right into you know, hey, do you want to buy my product? And I like to think of it as, it's like dating when it comes to a business and creating that relationship. Like you wouldn't, you know, start a conversation. You haven't even gone out on a date with the person and be like, hey, do you want to go to my bedroom and have sex right now? Just to like, you know, <laughs> put it in like, you know, right. the most obvious words. Like that's essentially what you're, how you're making the other person feel when you are asking them, Hey, I just met you, but do you want to buy this product from me? <laughs> um, but yeah, I appreciate. And I think a lot of people do appreciate the fact that you're selling from a genuine place. I think that's really important and it's so necessary, especially in the online space when 
people are growing very weary of people who have businesses that they run primarily online that we do utilize social media for. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, I'm going to back up just a little bit first to say that one thing that I loved about meeting you online, I don't remember who found who, but I do remember you had trained um, an improv coach that I had. So we had a friend in common. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this girl exists. She's real. You know, she's awesome. And I remember when I first found your Instagram, it was like, okay, she's an author. She's a coach. She does health. She has a podcast. You have so many things that you create and are a part of, which I love. And never once did you tell me that? Never once did you blindly message me and say, hey girl, can I train you? Like, hey girl, so you post this photo, like buy something for me. And I was like more intrigued by you because of that. So I love that kind of personality and that, because it's what you do. So to hide it from the world would also be incorrect. You know, yeah. it's like, I love makeup and I have a makeup business. So I'm going to talk about it and tell people. Um, just like with your coaching and stuff. So it's like, obviously you need to put yourself out there because you are marketing yourself. Um, but the way that you do it is so genuine and pure. And I think that that's what makes you interesting and what caught my eye about you. Cause I was like, this is a girl that I would like to work with. You know, this yeah. is a woman who sees what she wants. She's got goals like me. She's going after them and she's doing them in a way that inspires me, but doesn't belittle me or make me think that because I'm not doing what she's doing, I'm wrong. That's you know, there's nothing worse than getting, yeah. Those messages that are just like, well, if you don't do this, you're awful. You're just like, um, I don't want your products. A lot, of that, a lot of that is out there just because I am exposed to a lot of other health coaches, fitness coaches, and I see a lot of like, I don't think people realize how bullying they can sound online. And this, may, oh, yeah. this may not even just be in the health space. Um, I'm tapped really into the health space, which is why I bring those up as examples. But I see a lot of bullying, a lot of like, if you're not taking care of your health or your health isn't your first priority, then what the hell are you doing with your life is a lot of the content that I see and yeah. it's cringy. I'm like, Ooh, like, yeah, it's great that you're stating your opinion and you're, you know, you're doing it with good intention, but you don't have to come off so strong and you don't have to come off like such a bully because I read that and I'm like, wow, I would not want to work with you. You're bringing up some good points, but I would not, I don't want that bad vibes, get off me kind of thing. Yes. Um, and there's a whole, there's a whole way to approach online business. And I think you're right. I think the more genuine you are, the more you show how much you love what you do. And if you can do it in a way that is inspiring, and I know a lot of people are afraid of the word inspiring because sometimes that means, you know, I get a lot of that, like you're very inspiring but you know, people don't want to buy anything from you. And I think you need to learn how to use that as currency. Um, like it's, it feels really good to hear people say that I inspire them. And I think if you can do that, then that is important too, because even if you're not making a sale of any kind, that person knows what you do in the back of their mind. And they're going to think of you when other people are in need, for example. Like if someone wants makeup, I know exactly who I can, you know, direct them to. Or, you know, if that that goes a long way. And I think we kind of forget about that in like this world of think gratification and this need to, you know, succeed very quickly because we're seeing everyone else seemingly succeed very quickly. 
I think those are excellent points. I think the whole Instagram world and social media in general, just online, you know, everyone, not everyone, but so many people love the idea of working from home, making your own schedule, being your own boss. And for creative types, you know, at least I find it is a way that I can do that. And I, I get to control what I create, what it's for, who's seeing it. And it's, it's amazing. And so in the back of my mind, it's like, okay, how do I monetize this? Because this A takes time, you know, it, it's not as easy as everybody thinks. And so it's like, I, I need to make money or I have to have a job that takes me away. So I see where people fall into the traps of, you know, the, the direct sales scammy approach, even if they're not doing direct sales, even if it's just something they are selling. Um, and you mentioned how people, it feels bullying. I used to do that. This old company I was a part of, I, and looking back, I'm like, I can't believe I let these people trick me into speaking like that to other people. Um, and it, and it was, it was supplements and I, I loved the quality of the supplements, but Look, I was just like, ooh, it's cringy. And I go back and I delete those old business posts as they come up in Facebook memories and yeah. stuff. Just because I'm like, ooh, don't, there's, there are ways that you can connect to people, but your first priority cannot be getting money from them. And that was a huge thing that I had to learn. And I actually did a survey was when I was in the middle of this health and wellness business. And I was like, what's the number one thing that prevents you guys from buying products from me or the, the excuse that you make or the reason you tell yourself, whatever it is, why don't you buy products from your friends? And 75% of the people wrote back and they were like, because even though they're my friends, they sound like they're bullying me. And like, if I don't do what they want, then I'm not as cool as them, which is a weird vibe to get from somebody that's already your friend, which then makes you think they are not being genuine. They're probably copying and pasting. They don't actually believe in these products because if they did, they would know how to sell them in a way that connects to them as individuals. And so the whole thing feels fake and scammy. And it blew my mind when multiple friends told me that. I was like, oh, and I don't like being described how you just described me. This is not the place for me. Um, so I, I did. I quit that business because I was like, oh, that. And now I feel like I see it everywhere. I see, you know, I, it's just all over the place. And it's been going on for a few years. So anybody trying to build businesses now online fall into this trap of it already having a bad rep. So I think it's really important to start off by just knowing what your niche is and then asking people how you can help them and understanding that a little bit of the information or help you give out will have to be free. And that's yeah. just how it is, but they trust you for it. They do. Yeah. And you know, there are things when I look back, I really wish that I had done things a certain way. Cause I got started a year ago, health coaching before that I had spent several months trying to be a coach, but not knowing what kind of coach I wanted to be or how to help people or how to do anything online business related. And one thing that I'll say, and, you know, looking back um, and reflecting is it doesn't always have to just be online. You, it shouldn't be online. If it's like a true, genuine business that you are trying to run, it should be both online and in person. A lot of my clients who I work with, I either know them in person. I know all the majority of my clients I know to some degree in person. A lot of them have come to me from me working at a gym and, you know, at first wanting health coaching and then it transitions into the full, you know, nutrition and fitness coaching. So they realize like, oh, I, this is also something that I want to try. I've only gotten one client of all the people I've worked with, only one client straight, straight from 
on online. Like I met them online, they liked what I had to say. And that was like just a super easy sale. And now they're a really good friend of mine. But ultimately, I think there are some people who are just so good at sales and what they do. And they already have that built in confidence and that experience that they can just go into the online space and crush it. And maybe that's all they need. But I think that it's so important to have multiple ways to run your business. And you can't just go into the online space thinking like, okay, this is how I'm going to succeed. This is how I'm going to do it. This is the only way to do it. So I'd love your thoughts on that. Yes, that's um, huge. So my makeup business is mostly run out of Facebook, mm-hmm. even though I have 33,000 followers on Instagram, um, which most people are like, well, you, you like your influencer level. And I'm like, I'm, I'm really not. Um, maybe micro-ish. I was like, but nobody buys. And everyone just assumes they're like, well, you must, your business booms because followers. It doesn't. No. It doesn't. They mean nothing. And in fact, because they don't trust me, because my Facebook friends are people that I know in real life or with much closer connections, you know, I know them through a friend in real life or something. Those are the people that trust me. And those are the people that take what I say and do seriously. And, you know, Instagram especially is kind of its own topic and niche because I love using it to grow my business and to, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, to continue finding people, but it really isn't, it's, it's not just, oh, look, numbers equal sales. And I was kind of surprised to find that out. Um, But I do still think Instagram can be used for businesses and I think it has its own place, but the truer you are the more genuine and honest, you know, I used to be like, I don't want to take, I can't take a picture for Instagram right now because somebody in real life might see me. But then on Instagram, I'd be trying to portray my real life. And I was like, well, you can't have both. I mean, you have to have both. You can't have them be separate. And so then it was like, okay, you know what? This is the part of my real life where I'm taking a photo for the people who follow me on Instagram to keep building a community there. And that's it. And we take that photo and we move on and then I'll focus and I won't be Instagramming, you know, through dinner or something. But then it's like, okay, so if I'm selling this makeup online, I've got to tell people about it in real life too. I, you know, so it's like all of it is connected and all of it makes you, I think it's just more reputable because when I hear people talk about things, but I never get to see them do it, then I don't really trust them and vice versa. If I know that you're passionate about something and you're doing something all the time, but you refuse to ever tell anybody about it, you're not being true to yourself and talking about your passions and sharing, you know, your soul with the world either. And so I think it's all connected, but I think it's so easy on the internet to just, yeah, everything's so curated and it is, and I'll be the first one to say it. It's like, obviously I think about what I'm going to post, when I'm going to post it and what message I want to get across. That's why we're here on this platform, building a community. But of course, I just lost where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> hate when that happens. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's really important to know your niche and know who you are and what you want. And then you can utilize these things for yourself instead of letting them kind of use you and mold you. But I think it wraps back around to what you said, where it's like the in-person part is just as important as this image that you get to create and project to the world as well. And that's where people trust you. And trust is honestly what all of this is built on. Yeah. Yeah. And there are steps too. I think that it takes a while to build that community and build that following of people. And that step is just as important as the making money part. Because my Instagram account, I 
I think it's only been a couple of years, if not even less time than that, than I have, that I've been promoting my the fact that I'm an author, that I have this podcast, that I'm a health coach. And I would say that it's all barely starting to pay off in the sense that I feel like I have people who love following me, who engage with me constantly. And like, I have my people, I have my people who look at my stories and I know like, oh, these people are always going to look at my stories. Not always, but like more often than not, like these yeah. are people. And then I have the people who, these are the ones who are going to like my posts. And it's almost like different communities within one large community. And I'm barely, like I said, I'm barely starting to see that payoff after spending a couple of years on Instagram, really putting myself out there and showing who I truly am. And I feel like, and I don't know if you could say the same thing about yourself. I'd love to talk about growing um, brands or a person, like whatever you want to call it, growing that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I know I saw this in my own, um, with my own following is once I started to just use Instagram for fun and, you know, putting my product, like my book out there, or I think we both have Amazon influencer pages. Like once, like, you know, inserting that into my content, but not making my content about selling to people, that is where the sweet spot is. Um, having fun, but also kind of going in with this mentality of, well, how can I make money off of this thing that I really love doing, but not making that the main point of all of it. Yes. It's like this fine line of, I can't, I know I'm capable of getting paid for being on here, but being, getting paid is not the reason I'm on here. And so that can be a really, it is, it's a fine line to balance. It's difficult. And I agree with you. It was like, once I just started making content and just having fun, once I just started, forget the makeup stuff, forget whatever I'm doing this week, forget what I want people to listen to or follow. This is just me being me, I was like, oh, the genuine connection is here and I'm having fun. Because when all I focus on is social media being used to monetize or sell or do something, it's just another level of a job. It's just work now. And people don't seem to think about it that way. They're just like, oh, you just have fun and magically get paid. And it's like, yes and no, I'm having fun doing this, but to get paid, I'm being forced to do something very specific, you know? So I, and that was when my follower count went up, was when I was just like, oh, this is me. These are my quirks. These are silly things that if you're my friend and you hang out with me in person, you're going to see this vibe and this mentality. And then also here's the other side of me. Here's, you know, what I do, my professional aspirations, my career goals, these things. And I think treading that line carefully and kind of going back and forth is how you build the the relationships we were talking about and the community and stuff so yeah. then people are willing to like listen to you and you know it's hey i don't even think i'm giving back money but i'm buying her book because i'm genuinely interested in what the content is i want to read the story and oh on top of that how great she's going to get a paycheck from the sale as well you know and i think that that's really um, first of all, exciting and cool and awesome for you. I love that you're an author that just, I hope we get a chance to talk about that. If not today, then another time because it is so cool. Um, but yeah, and again, like I mentioned, when I first found your um, profile, I was like, okay, here's this girl who's writing every day. She's showing us in a very cool way that she's sitting down and accomplishing, you know, writing a couple chapters or editing or something. And then here's this whole other life that she lives throughout the day. And I love that because I don't feel like the only thing she's pushing at me is a book. 
Like there's substance here. There's content here. There's information and nobody, I don't think anybody ever loves 100% of something someone puts out there. You know, there are people who are going to like my makeup stuff. There are people who will be more drawn to fashion or, um, you know, I talk about anxiety a lot. So there are people who just follow me for that and don't care about the other content. And I'm sure you get that too, being an author and having health and coaching and different things. It's like, you won't please one person all of the time, but by having these niches and growing and showing your own interests and the areas in life that you're learning something new or growing people attached to that. They're just like, Oh, that's cool. She's not perfect, but she has a lot to provide for me. Yeah. Um, that's always been the struggle for me is for a while I thought maybe my Instagram account should just be about one thing that I do rather than about all of it. And there was always this like, okay, well, if I'm going to post about health coaching, is it okay that I post about my book? Am I going to confuse my audience? Is my audience going to be unhappy that I'm posting? Or, you know, like I had all these mixed feelings around whether I should reveal all parts of myself and how much of what I should be revealing. Should I be strategic about it? But then when I finally said, screw it, I'm just going to do what I love and post about what I love. And maybe this week is, you know, like my book is coming out officially in like seven days. So this week is going to be all about, thank you. This week is going to be all about that and promoting that and making sure people know about it. And maybe I'm not talking a lot about anything wellness related. And there are going to be periods of time where I am going to want to share more about that other area. So do you have like a strategy or anything when it comes to what you're posting about topic wise, or are you just feeling, or do you just go based off feeling and what you're compelled to talk about on that day? Um, that's actually a great question. So because I to have multiple areas of interest and things that I do, I went through and I tried to find one through line for my main, and this would be more pertains to Instagram and to specific posts, um, stories I'll talk about in a second. But for posts, I was like, okay, what is this through line so that people are associating me with the, not only the goals that I have for myself as an individual, but just my personality and who I am to them. You know, what does my spirit bring to them? What do they think of when they think of me? That's the content. When they see my content, that's what I want them to think. Um, And so for that, it's like, I want people to understand that I seem very positive and happy and I am, but I really suffer from mental health, specifically anxiety. um, And there's a lot of depression in there, although thankfully, knock on wood, haven't really experienced that in like the last six months. So yay, hoping it stays that way. Um, but, But to me, I'm like, okay, so I just want people to truly know we're all so, we've got so many levels to us. And so it's like, here is the image that I have been told I give off, but also here's what's going on on the inside. So that's like my main through line. It's basically anxiety based, but in a more positive light. And that means a lot of self um, inflection, self, you know, awareness and thinking about myself. And so almost every post is going to start there. And then if it's a, if it's a really cool makeup look and I want to turn it to makeup, I will try to do that. So I almost set it up like a triangle and I've got like my main, like mental health is up here. And then I've got my two, my next two things that I'm really interested in people associate me with, which would probably be, I guess, like performance and acting and then the makeup business stuff. So 
it stems from here. And then if I really want to post like a specific makeup look, that would kind of be people associate it with me, but it's going to be a little bit more off brand. But it, doing that also opened up the door for me to be able to kind of post what I want, like you said, because I have multiple niches and you do too. And so it's like, I don't want to confuse people, but I'm also more than one thing. And so I want them to know that. And I want to freely be able to post about it. So just like a central core thing. And for me, it was easiest to make it me, my mental health, um, because I will never lie about that. I will never have to fake that. It is me and who I am. And then I can go those other avenues and kind of post about those. Now my stories, I try to leave open for anything and everything. And I try to really make those um, personality and... I, I really try not to overthink stories. And I think by doing that, it also reminds people that I'm multifaceted and that I have multiple interests and lots of things that I'm constantly doing. And that you're a human and, too. Yes, exactly. And that I'm a human and that I have good days, I have bad days, just like everybody else. You know, I have days where I sit on my couch and I watch Netflix for eight hours and I work from home now, so it's really easy to fall into that. And then I have days where it's like, wow, I just got so much done before noon. I'm so proud of myself. Um, so the stories, because I feel that uh, not everyone watches the stories. It's like what you said earlier, where um, it's kind of like, I know this group of people watches the stories. And then a lot of them see my posts and or like or comment on them, but other people are looking at those posts as well. I don't know that I'm making a whole ton of sense right this second, but I just think the stories kind of give the flavor, the sprinkles on top of the cupcake and add to you as an organic living, growing human being. And then the posts people might go back to and look at again. And so those are where I try to keep messages that have some sort of slight through line to them. I, get it. I love it. Yeah. The way that I look at it is I want to create content in my mm -hmm. feed or in people's news feeds that they're going to want to go back to whenever they're feeling called to, to read it. Like if I'm posting about mental health, I want my page to be the first thing that they think about when they want help in that area or they want to be inspired or they just need to kind of come back down and be reminded that, you know, we're all people, we're all going through the same thing. That's what I want my posts to be about when I'm actually making something for the actual uh, feed. But when it comes to stories, it's like, I just want to have fun. I you know, want to show you guys how, how I'm living my life, what I do, and I want to be goofy. And now I'm really trying to be more myself in both areas and kind of show that because I noticed that I look a little more professional and kind of not fun and um, on in my newsfeed. I don't know if that's the impression I was giving off, but I kind of noticed, I'm like, I don't feel genuinely me in my newsfeed. So I'm really trying to bring both or bring fun into both areas. Um, but it is fascinating how it does feel like two different, there's two different strategies behind both and to strike a good balance between the two is really important. Otherwise, people, it's really just about message and getting your message across. Um, you're not going to be able to get that message across to the right people or the right people are not going to take interest if um, you're not, I don't want to say utilizing it in the right way, but I kind of am too. So I don't like to think that social media has a strategy, but it does. If that makes sense at all. Yes. 
Yes, I am with you there. Um, I think you made a few great points. And I, I actually did not get that vibe from you that you were like less fun or less yourself or more professional in those posts or anything. It, but it's interesting that you feel that way about yourself. Um, and sometimes I've wondered the same thing. I'm like, is that like, do I seem too uh, fake doesn't even seem like the right word, but it's just like, yeah, am I slightly curated. professional? Yeah, yeah, curated. And so like that's interesting but a lot of people vibe with that content and you're actually one of the people there are a few influencers that I follow you're one of the people where I'm like she posted something the caption said this what's that thought I want to go back to that thought and so I can like very easily find it on your feed and I love that because I also know you know from you and my other favorite influencers what I'm getting when I'm watching your stories which is not you just constantly, and I love when people share, you know, a post like, oh, I made a new post, go check it out. Like, that's fine. But there are certain times that people make their stories look exactly like their feed, and it's the same exact content. It's all filtered exactly the same as their photos that they're posting, and all of a sudden, it's just like, I don't know who I'm getting when I, when I visit your page at all anymore, you know? And so sometimes I think it's okay if it's not quite the same feeling with the stories and the feed, because... Like you said, it kind of there kind of is a strategy to it, which I hate saying too because it's just social media. It's just supposed to be a fun place, but there has become yeah a, a strategy to it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting, and now it makes me like I'm so hyper aware of it. I'm like, oh, I gotta scroll through my Instagram after this and see like what feeling does it give me? How do I feel when I look at my own stuff? It's hard. You can't really. It's hard to it's you because when I talk yeah. to other people like I may feel one way about myself and what I'm giving off but people feel differently sometimes I feel like oh I'm being too salesy I'm being too you know in their face about certain things or I overshared or I'll just get all of this um all of this like overwhelm around my content and people are just like no it's great keep doing what you're doing and we're overthinking things all the time anyway yes and now if it's okay I have a question for you based on that um so when you do that because you have all of these awesome online goals and you know your your health coaching and your all of your stuff that you do being an author you work from home most of yeah most days correct right most of the time so since so much of your business is online and on social media, when you feel the burnout, because I agree, it's like, okay, we both totally just got in our own head. Like, so, and when I get in my own head with Instagram, just put it down, let it go. Like, it's not that deep. How do you handle doing that, being a successful author and coach and doing the training that you do and keeping up with your Instagram and promoting and marketing yourself? Like, do you have any tricks or tips for people to kind of deal with the burnout that you bring on yourself because it's interconnected. I hope that makes sense. Oh my sense. gosh. I love that you asked that because I literally wrote down in my notes, routine, do you go with the flow or are you structured in your day? Like I was literally going to ask you this question. So I'll go first and you're more than welcome to. I love it. Um, so I'm trying this thing and as many people know, I'm very like, I'm a law of attraction person. I'm a manifester person. And I look, I'm not saying everybody has to be this way. I have just found that my success has come from when I feel good and I'm living in a joy and I'm letting things come to me. That's just where things have always gone well for me. And the worst times of my life have been when I've been in scarcity mode and I've been 
like struggle, 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 struggle. I need to get this. I need, I need, I need. So, you know, over the past couple of months, maybe the past year, I've been in that scarcity mode and feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I need to make money. I need to do this. I need to work all day long. And it would, work would never end for me, even though I'm at home and I'm living what should be my dream life where I get to make my own schedule for the most part. And I get to have, you know, all of this freedom. I felt like all I was doing was working. All I was doing was trying to figure out strategy and working social media and trying to find clients. And I was very unhappy all the time. And it just felt like every single day was a hustle to get to what felt like, it felt like there was no end game to this. Like I'm just going through emotions and this is my life. And essentially like it is your life. Um, it never felt like I was going to get to where I wanted to be. And recently I told myself, you know what, Beth, this isn't working for you. And it's not because you're bad at what you do. It's your emotions. And it's the way that like, just go live life, like go live life, go live with ease and have fun. If you want to take a nap, take a freaking nap. If you want to take a day off, take a day off. If you want to like work and that's genuinely what you want to do, it doesn't matter what time it is, just go and do it. So I'm really trying to live in the flow and live my life with ease essentially. And I, and the reason why I keep bringing up those words is because those are the words I tell myself very frequently. Like I have the affirmation, um, I choose to live with ease. I choose to learn with ease. Like I don't choose suffering anymore. I don't choose struggle anymore. Um, I try not to use the negative, but just to give you guys an idea of like what I'm shifting into and I'm finding that things are going super well. Like I'm focusing on my podcast. Um, you'll notice that my content isn't about health coaching anymore because I'm kind of transitioning more into, I'm trying, I'm my Instagram account. I decided is like, I'm just going to show you who I am and the podcast, the, um, the books, you know, my life, like here's my life and here is how I'm handling all of this. And this is how I choose to live and it's working for me. Maybe it could work for you too is kind of the approach that I'm taking everything in these days and, you know, moving more into spirituality and, um, you know, bringing for me mental health and happiness and living a purposeful, joyful life is what I feel like I'm called to do and help with. And um, that's, those are really, you know, very, those are heavy subjects. So it's easy to get lost in feeling overwhelmed and burned out. So I choose to not get overwhelmed and burned out anymore. I choose to live, you know, happily. And I think you can tell I'm dancing in my videos now and I'm singing and I don't care that people can hear how bad my voice is. And I think that it's really important that when you are striking a good balance, and that's not to say I don't have structure because I do have a routine. I still wake up. Um, I don't have a set time that I wake up. Uh, some days I'm like, okay, if I need to sleep in a little bit longer, I will. But, you know, usually around 7, 8 o'clock, I'm awake. I'll go to a coffee shop. I'll still get my work in. And by noon, I'm back home. And from there, it's like, now I get to live my day however I want it to. If I want to continue working, I will. And for the most part, I will spend time on social media. I'll record my podcast. I'll do all of that. And I work on that. But, um, yeah all about like this is the life I've always wanted now it's time to live it even if I don't exactly have everything I could possibly want 
And I'm also delegating things more to people too, which has helped tremendously. I used to think it was selfish, but it feels really good to not have to do everything for myself anymore and treat it more like a business, everything that I do. So I don't want to talk too much because I know that was a lot, but it is what I'm living right now. So I'm actually happy to share it. And I'm glad you asked. Yay. Okay. I feel like my story, I hope it's not like everyone's like, oh, she just literally copied what Beck said because no. I just went through or am going through the exact same thing. So I had this, I started the makeup business about a year ago and that's about when my Instagram following was kind of going up and I was toying with this idea of using it for a business somehow. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and in the acting world too, it's so stupid and unfortunate, but people really place a lot of focus on the number of followers. So at the time I was like, okay, cool. Maybe I'll get more auditions if I'm more active with Instagram and my following goes up. Um, it has yet to really work by the way. But, but when I go to auditions, I do like, they're like, Sign in your name, Alexandra Nye. What time did you get here? How many Instagram followers wow. do you have? Sign when you leave. And you're just like, ugh, it's a gross feeling. But those things aligned together in my life. And so I was like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden I was like, wow, I don't love that this is weird. At the time I still had um, a nine to five, kind of. I worked on a television show. So I would work 60 to 70 hours a week for two or three weeks. And then I'd get a week off. Um, and then in between seasons, I would get four months off. And so those four months were always my like test run of, okay, can I really work from home? Can I really do this life that I think I want? Because, you know, I'm a writer too. I'd love to publish a few different things. And I, I love this acting thing, which wouldn't really be working from home, but, but you know, actors out in LA need day jobs. And so that can very easily become your focus and then you're never actually acting or auditioning for anything because you're focused on paying the bills. So time, I just wanted time to myself and to be able to make a living from that and not have to follow somebody else. But in doing the online thing, I was like, this isn't feeling good. I, every day feels like work, even though I'm technically not going to my nine to five and collecting a paycheck. I am structuring myself so much that, that all I can think about is, comparing myself to others and their journey and where they're at and trying to get to where I want to go as fast as I can instead of appreciating, you know, the time that it takes to get there. And so, um, my, my day job ended six weeks ago now, five or six weeks ago. And I actively made that decision. I was like, you know what, financially I can get by right now and I am going to just give it out to the universe to let what I want happen. And that doesn't mean that I just am going to sit here, you know, and, and think everything's just going to happen for me. But I was like, I've always had, like, I can handle the money right now. And I, I listened to your podcast um, about like manifesting and I've been listening to a lot of self-help podcasts and I love manifestation. And I'm like, instead of, okay, there, you know, someone texted me today and was like, there's this acting class. You should really be there. It's this weekend. It's this much money. And I was like, <sighs> money I shouldn't spend and then I rewired my thought and I was like you literally don't have a nine to five anymore so that opportunities can come to you and you can say yes to them this opportunity just came to you say yes to it and you will figure the money out and it will be okay and so that's been a lot of these last six weeks I have been with you I started the first two weeks off like okay my dog gets me up early. So I was like, I'm going to be up at six with the dog. I'm going to walk the dog by seven 30. I'm going to be doing this. And then by eight o'clock, I've finished breakfast. I'm going to work out at this time of day. I thought so much structure was what I needed. And it just, it burnt me out so fast. I was like, no, I just left nine to fives. I did not want to be this crazy, this structured. And I'm at home doing it to myself. It's easy to blame yeah. a boss who's doing 
you, but it's like when this is my time and I, there's no reason for me to feel like this or to be doing this. And so I've just tried literally what you said. It's like, okay, I'm going to nap when I want to nap. It's okay that it's 5.30 PM and that I know I shouldn't be napping right now, but I need it. And I'm going to give that to myself and I'm going to honor myself and I'm going to let Instagram see me being me. And I'm going to admit to Facebook that I don't run my makeup business 24 seven, you know, that there are other aspects to my life. I feel happier. I'm sleeping better. The universe is just kind of presenting things to me now that I am letting it and being open to it. And it feels so good. And I don't have all the answers. I, I don't know everything about my life right now or where it's going. But for the first time, I really feel open and receptive to it actually going where I want it to go. It's almost like I was standing in my own way subconsciously, you know, like I felt I didn't deserve success or something or that I just felt like, you know, no, I've always been told money is bad. Like you don't want too much money because money ruins people, power ruins people. But then it's like, you know what? I'm allowed to have money. It is okay. I am allowed to not be tied down by financial problems, even though my whole life I've been tied down. And I've been told I have to be, you know what I mean? And so I'm just like, no, actually, it's okay. And the second I gave myself permission to just step back and let things be, I opened up the gateway for positivity. I became more positive and the universe is sending that back. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely something that I think a lot of people have a hard time grasping, especially when it comes to law of attraction. It's because people assume that we're just thinking thoughts and we're like waiting for things to happen, but there is a certain amount of action that you have to take. It's not a desperate action because otherwise that is repelling. It's inspired action. It's action that, you know, you are just going about your day and you're, you know, focusing on the fun, on happiness. And you hear about that audition you know, that friend happens to tell you about it or, you know, an opportunity suddenly gets presented to you and you just know like, oh, maybe this is something. Sometimes you don't even know. Um, sometimes it's just like, oh, this is a thing that I want to try and you'll get exactly what you're looking for. Um, I don't know how many times I have had these instances happen where, you know, like I want a free workout class or I want, you know, like I want things to come to me. There was like this, this time when um, I was, it wasn't even about the workout class. It was more about like, I had this free trial or I had this paid trial that was about to end. And I was going to this, um, this studio that I really liked. And I said, you know what? I have no money right now, but I'm going to act like I do. And I'm just going to live my life stress-free and I'm going to be happy and, you know, enjoy my life, even though like, like finances are saying like I should do otherwise. So I'm in this class that was like maybe my last or second to last class before this trial ends and um as we're spinning the instructor is like hey let's play a game and whoever can guess the answer will get a free class and he asked like can you name he played the song um 2002 I think by Anne Marie which quotes like it quotes in the chorus like a few different artists from like the year 2002 or whatever and he's like if you can name at least three of the artists and this is how he actually talked um he's like, you can name at least three of the artists in the song i'll give you a free class because he's like the manager or whatever there so he can do stuff like that and i look around and i'm like really no one can answer this it's like so easy it's like britney spears in sync you know like so i just like kind of raise my hands 
And I answered, and he was like, yeah, there you go, you got free class. And it's stuff like that. I think the same week I had someone hand me a flyer for a free class at a new studio that had just opened up. So you can kind of see how things come to you in ways that you don't really expect it to. And it's like, as long as you're open to the possibility of accepting it in all these different ways, like a lot of amazing things can happen to you and you just have to focus on managing your emotions. That's really what it's all about. I think we could do a whole podcast about managing emotions. <laughs> of course, of course. So, I, I want to talk about mental health because that is something that we are both very passionate about. We both have experience with anxiety, with depression. Um, if you're comfortable sharing about any of that, I would love to know like, when did these symptoms start coming up for you? How did you live with it when it was you know, a big problem, I guess is the best way I could put it. And how are you working on overcoming them? Oh boy. Okay. Um, I love that. And I'll share everything. I will just try not to talk too much. Oh, yeah. I have a lot here. Um, okay. So I think I've been anxious. I mean, I know I've been anxious as long as I can remember, but it was disguised as many other things in my life. And so I didn't know it was anxiety. I didn't treat it like it was anxiety until I was probably 19 or 20. So that was about seven, eight years ago. Um, yeah, the depression I feel like the first time somebody asked me if I had depression, I was 13 years old and it, it was my, I, I quote boyfriend, I know people can't see me, but we were 13 in eighth grade. And so, you know, we would hold hands, but it, he was my best friend really. Um, but we were dating, we said we were, um, anyway, he passed away of cancer while we were dating. And so at 13 years old, that was a lot to deal with. Um, and I, and we went to two different schools, so we didn't even get to like hold hands in the lunchroom every day. We like only saw each other once or twice a week, you know, cause we were so young and but yeah, we were really just friends, but we like thought we were dating. But he was an important person in my life is the most important takeaway from that. And he passed away of cancer and the diagnosis was sudden. The doctor said he had, you know, probably six to 12 months to live and he lived six weeks. So the whole thing was just very, very fast. Um, and it, I'm sorry, I know this might get deep for a second, but at that time I was taking a dance class and I loved dance and I quit. I mean, I just stopped going and my best friend and I took it together and I just thought I was like, I'm not going anymore. And she was like, Oh, you're okay. I said, I'm just too busy. Just, I have other stuff I want to do. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, um, I stopped singing in the choir. I, I, I lost a lot of myself and I didn't realize that. And it was about at that time, my sleeping disorder kind of came up too. And that was when the doctor looked at me and was like, sleeping disorders, like the number one thing they stem from is another illness or something, mental health being up at the top of that list. So he was like, do you have depression? And my mom was in the room with me and she, no, not Alex. Alex and I have what? No, she doesn't have depression. And I was like, no, I don't think so. And he's like, okay, okay. Has anything like dramatic happened in your life lately? And I went to tell him and my mom cut me off. And I was just like, oh, no. You know, she's like, no, not really, not. And I mean, I well, like my friend like passed away. My mom's like, it wasn't that we downplayed it. We downplayed what the situation meant to me. And 
that that doctor let it go. He's just like, okay, well, if you say you don't have depression, we'll do some sleep studies, blah, blah, blah. And we did find some other reasons for a sleeping disorder. But looking back, every time I reflect on that moment, I'm like, that the number one thing right there was depression. And if we could have just labeled it as what it was and attack, you know, attacked it from the correct angle, could have figured my shit out a lot faster. But we didn't. Um, so I went through, that would have been in eighth grade. And so I went through high school as the bubbly girl. I was friends with everybody. I was not the popular girl in the sense that I was like head cheerleader and had the hottest boyfriend or, you know, the way stories make it seem, but I was popular in that I had friends in every single social circle, every single group, and I could just go from one to the other. I got along with everybody. Um, so on the outside, I was very, everyone was just like, she's positive. She's optimistic. She's happy. She's got potential. She... And inside, I just didn't feel that way because anything bad that happened was my fault and I wasn't perfect and meant I was not any of these things. I was a fraud, you know? If I accidentally got an A- minus on a test, then I'm not the smartest one in the room like everyone claims because other people got A's. So, And it just, I internalized everything. You know, I took the compliments people gave me and I turned them into so much negativity and kept that inside forever. Um, so that didn't really come up until I was in college and I was about 19 and somebody else called me out for it. Um, it was this guy... Uh, that I briefly dated for a time and we had started out as close friends. We tried dating and it, we were just meant to be friends. And so while we were um, in that dating phase though, we had obviously gotten even closer. And one day he looked at me and he was like, dude, he was like, you're amazing, but you're depressed like 70% of the time. And I was like, floored. I was like, no, I'm not. What? And he was like, you... And he gently had to point out that the behavior and the way I treated myself and how I talked to myself and all, like, you're not negative to anyone else, but like, are you okay? Like, are you sure? And so he called me out and it was just like, was this revelation? I was like, oh my God, that's what this is. It's just, I, it's just depression. That's, it, it's depression, but it's depression. So now I know I can talk to somebody. I can take different paths and it hasn't been super easy um, all the time figuring out the best way to handle depression and anxiety. So I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I went to therapy one time and I was perfected. Um, but I, I finally admitted what I was suffering from and what it was doing to me and how it just felt like inside my body and inside my brain, I was living a completely different life than what the outside world saw, which was evident in the fact that most people looked at me and were like, what? I would never be able to tell you had depression. And I was like, oh, but I feel like I'm suffering so badly. So I started with therapy, which was so helpful. And I was in college, I was, you know, broke and the school provided it for free. So it was just something that I could experiment with. And that was a huge turning point. Um, I did not stay in therapy forever. I'm not in therapy now, but throughout the years, I go in phases where I go back when I feel like I need to. I work through some things, stay in a couple months past the thing itself, you know, and then if I need to take a break for financial reasons or time commitment or whatever it may be, then I allow myself space to take a break. Um, so really, it's all been there forever, but I don't think it was until my early 20s that I really even allowed myself to admit that I had any sort of mental illness or that it was possibly a little bit more long-term and permanent, you know, everyone's all smile and you're cured or, you know, you're only depressed for two months and then you're not any, and it, it was one of those where it's like, oh, this is actually just something that is a part of me and that's okay. That it, it is just like I have red hair. It's just another fact. There's no 
if I don't put emotion behind it, then I can handle it however I need to handle it. And that was also huge in being able to take it back and make it my own. I don't let other people tell me how I have to handle having depression and anxiety because I love knowing other people are out there. I, I just phrased that incorrectly. I don't love that other people suffer from depression and anxiety, but it's always comforting to know you're not alone. That's huge. But also it's like, there's no one way to get through these things. And so just giving myself permission to figure out what worked best for me has been huge. And it literally just giving myself that permission is like all that I needed because it's like, okay, so I've tried medication. That is what it is. You know, I've tried therapy and that is what it is to me. And I've tried this and that and so many different things. And now it's just about what works for me. And I'm allowing myself the freedom to find out what that is instead of just being like, oh no, Prozac didn't work for me and it worked for my friend. So now I'm not even good at having depression. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally get that. Yeah. Um, I think what I will say is while I think people have a tendency to focus on the downfalls of social media and the fact that we're also connected in what causes anxiety and depression and all of these things where like if you are using it in large in a large quantity then yes that is absolutely possible and um, I'm actually feeling like I'm kind of in and out of experiencing that but I think the most amazing thing, especially if you have a large platform or just a platform of people who love hearing what you have to say, and this goes for celebrities as much as just influencers on Instagram, but the fact that you have that platform and you can actually share what's going on and really normalize depression, anxiety, whatever it is that you have, and not being afraid to be vulnerable and to actually say, hey, this is what I have. This is what I go through. This is how I'm working on it. And just shining light on it and reminding people that, you know, they're not alone in their experiences is so, so, so important because I'm a lot like you where I didn't know I had depression when I was in high school. I had it for most of high school because of family reasons and you know through my 20s I internalized everything I was ashamed of having mental illness um, I would look up depression and I would look up bipolar and mood disorders and just to try to figure out like what's wrong with me and there was such a stigma around like if you have a mental disorder there is something wrong with you and that's not okay and now it's like we all have something to some degree and we're all speaking about it more now so it's feeling more like it's okay and you there's help out there and you're gonna find the thing that works best for you you just need to ask for help i think that was one thing that i noticed with the sharing with other people was it Everybody, you know, listeners were like, oh, it feels great that you're saying this and that you're using your platform to talk about it because I, it makes me feel less alone. And I was like, awesome. I owe it to these people, which may or may not be true, but I realized I owe it to myself to talk about it. And for me, it was huge. You know, not everybody wants to talk about it and that's their own choice, their own decision. But for me, especially being mislabeled my entire life, you know, it was like, oh, she's just really sensitive. Oh, she's just really... 
um, a perfectionist. Oh, she just is highly motivated and, you know, beats herself up a little bit. But it was all these little short-term explanations for what was going on. And then finally it was just like, this girl's just anxious. She's just, she just has anxiety about everything. And so, you know, and people feel differently about labels. That's okay. But for me, it was like owning the label that it was anxiety. I was just like, wait, 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 guys, you're all going to project how you think the situation should be handled, how I'm going to handle this because you think this is coming from a different place than it is. You think it's just being sensitive. But if I can just explain to you that actually it's anxiety and that that is building my own world for me. And so sometimes I need help, you know, seeing not like not seeing through an anxious filter, then people can be there and assist you as well. And so it was like just being open and honest and talking about it, um, which was so difficult. It was so hard when I told my family, first of all, the first time it was mentioned, my mom blew it off. You know, we were like, no, that's not what it is. And then when I told my family, it was probably 16 years old, a few years later, you know, I was like, I just don't, I don't feel like how I'm walking through life is normal it because on the outside it's so different from the inside and I don't get it and they didn't believe me they blew it off like it was nothing you're a teenager that's how teenagers feel I told the doctor I finally asked my mom you know because I was a minor I was like can you sit out of this doctor appointment with me and she was like, okay. And so I went in to tell him, I was like, I think I'm depressed. I, that's the only thing. And this, I've been tracking it for a year now, you know, cause I was so nervous to talk to anybody. And he laughed at me and said, I wasn't depressed. I was just a teenager going through teenage things who probably wanted a prescription to sell pills. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and at 16 years old, when you've already started to catch on, I mean, first of all, you're 16. That's a horrible time to your emotions. Everything is so crazy anyway. And so I was just like, now I'm finally trying to admit what's going on so I can get better. And somebody's laughing at me and telling me I'm wrong. I must be wrong. Look at me. I can't even diagnose myself. And it was just a vicious cycle. It was just horrible. And so finally just being able to like, I finally found good doctors in California and whatever, you know. And I was just like, oh, it's literally just anxiety. It's okay. And surprise, so many more people suffer from this than I ever thought or knew. And so the whole time I was feeling alone, I wasn't alone at all. And I've just had this intense experience with it that I do feel I've done the work to come out on the other side a little bit better. You know what I mean? I, it, I'll never be perfect. I'll never tackle my anxiety perfectly, but I have the tools to tackle it and to move forward. And so I was like, I can actually share this with people because there are so many people out there who have similar stories and who have similar feelings and stuff. So not only do I feel like I'm helping other people, but it's like, I owe it to myself to just be honest about what's going on with me because I'm the only one who knows. No one else knows. No, I'm not trying to sell pills, <laughs> you know. I mean, would be crazy if we found out that that's what you were doing this whole time, but I don't believe that to right. be a surprise. I'm actually a billionaire. I've been embezzling and selling pills. Don't worry about it. Um, so what do you like to do that brings you joy? Like outside of work, unless work is your passion. Um, sometimes that's the only answer I can give people is like what I do for a living. But what do you go to when you want to feel joyful? at peace 
I love reading. That's my short, more affordable everyday answer. Um, I love books of, I don't really do horror books, but pretty much anything else. Crime is fine, thriller, but I don't really need gory, slashy, just yeah. everyone kills everyone type stories. Um, but I love reading and always have. So that's probably my number one thing. I do have a dog. Um, and so I love playing with my dog and taking him for hikes or walks or, you know, just petting him. He's a little bit crazy, but just that relaxes me and brings me joy. Um, but I really, really love traveling. And so when I can fit that in, when I can explore a new place, that also brings me joy. And I think part of it is exploring a new place just as much as it is getting out of the place I'm currently in. I've always been a little bit of a, I need a change of scenery from time to time type person. And so I, I do love Los Angeles for a lot of reasons. I dislike it for a lot of reasons too, but um, sometimes it's nice to just leave. And you know, LA is so big, especially that it's like, I can stay in LA technically and be going somewhere new or checking something yeah. different off a list. But if I can like drive a couple hours out of the city, I do love to do that. Awesome. Can I ask what about you? Yeah, for sure. Um, reading definitely for me. I've not been reading as much fiction as I normally used to, and that's just because I've been very busy. But um, right now I'm reading a lot of um, books. On, I'm currently reading Russell Brand's recovery book um, about addiction. Oh, it? it is so freaking good. I'm listening to it on audiobook, and it, he's brilliant. I think he's an amazing advocate for recovery and mental health. And I think everybody who, you know, vibes with him should definitely check out his stuff. So I'm loving that because I'm working, I'm personally doing, I'm spending a lot of my spare time right now doing a lot of inner work and getting rid of some behaviors and beliefs that just don't serve me anymore. Um, and, um, you know, phone addiction is a big one. So I'm working on that. And um, what do I love? I love going for walks. Um, spending time with my cats is a very big one for me. I know it's goofy, but I genuinely love having cat time. I schedule cat time into my life. Um, yeah, spending time with family. And then that's kind of where it starts to become like work stuff, writing. Yeah. You know, I people always people think I'm such a square or it comes across like, oh, it's bad that you don't have any hobbies. But it's like, no, I actually just, I'm doing what I love. So it is very much a part of what I love doing and I love spending my time doing it. Um, and it just so happens that a lot of my hobbies enjoy, uh, that I enjoy only consist of the people who I'm already closest to. And I'm sorry that I don't want to include many new people into my life. I think that's something that people, especially guys who are trying to hit on me, get very upset about. But it also helps me weed out the people who are not right in my life. That makes sense. It does. Yeah, yeah. it absolutely does. I probably come across as a boring person. I listen to a lot of pop music, listen to a lot of music, um, have little dance parties in my car, uh, you know, in random places. And that's a big way that I de-stress and take myself out of, you know, my head for a little bit. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's really a lot of just finding ways to make my everyday life fun by, you know. 
being entertained and entertaining myself. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's exactly how I am. It's like, you know what? I am fortunate where I've been able to build this life where a lot of what I do, whether it makes money or not, are the things I'm passionate about and the things that bring me joy. And of course, there are going to be moments where, you know, it's not all perfect and it doesn't feel yeah. awesome 100% of the time, but it's just like opening that space for you to explore what you want or to do. I used to speak French and I don't, I haven't had a partner to converse with in so long that my brain just can't translate quickly enough to hold a conversation, but I can still read and mostly understand the language. And so it's like, okay, so for a few months or weeks or hell, even an afternoon, if I just feel like practicing French or reading some French, I'm going to do that right now because I can and because it does bring me joy. And then if I don't touch it again for six months or a year, or if I even forget the language, like that's okay too. You know, you don't have to be perfect at everything or keep up with every single thing that brings you joy forever. It's totally okay to just enjoy those things in the moment. They might be passing phases, but I think both of us are kind of fortunate. You know, we've, we've paved a way for ourselves to also get to do a lot of what brings us joy a lot of the time. And I think that that's where society is moving toward. I think in maybe 10 years or so, a lot of people are going to be creating and kind of creating a life for themselves that they actually live. And I'm excited that I get to be part of, you know, not the early stages of it, but like before it becomes a norm, it's kind of nice to be a part of like that small little phase of like, all right, I'm, it's, it's acceptable enough that I believe it's possible for me, but there's still, there's still a lot of stigma around it too, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if you get any hate from it from family members or friends or people in your life. Um, how have people, um, how how have people received like what you do for a living, essentially? Um, for the most part, I think it's been kind of okay because I was working the whole time. So I think that I'm feeling the stigma the most now. I mean, first of all, I've always wanted to act and I always wanted to do it in film and television. So I knew LA, I'm from Michigan, but I knew LA was where I was going to end up. Um, and so my whole life, you know, it was always like, okay, you're going to act, but like, what are you really going to go to college for? And like, okay, you're going to act in community theater, but like, what's real life going to look like? And finally I was like, no, actually I'm just going to go to school so I can get like for acting. So I get proper training and then I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to make it happen. And even that was met with like, oh, you're going to fail, obviously. And you'll be back soon, obviously. Or your parents are going to have to pay your bills and bail you out. And that's not the case. Not that my parents haven't helped me. Thank you, parents. But they don't pay my bills. I function on my own, you know, and I've stayed out here since I moved out here. Um, and so I think because I, this is part of what we talked about at the beginning. I never gave my shot, myself a shot as an actor as much as I really, really wanted to. I obviously moved out here to do it, which means I'm at least somewhat serious about it. Um, but I always needed to pay those bills. And so I made sure that I had money first. And then after that, I transitioned into working in the industry so that I could at least report home that I was working in television, like cut me some slack, but it was not as an actor or writer. Um, and I did that for three years, four years, and it was amazing. And it's been brilliant. And it only ended a month or two ago, but finally I, I was like, no, I'm writing and I'm acting. 
I'm not going to go do something. Not that being on set is completely unrelated to being an actor. There were wonderful things that I learned, but it was just like, okay, I need, I work 60 to 70 hours a week and I need to take some of this time back for myself because what I'm doing at work is servicing other people more than me. Um, and so finally I was like, I can do it. And I'm, I'm just saving this time to audition. And so I've had multiple people reach out to me, which I'm so grateful for. They're like, Hey, we have this office job. Do you want it? Are you interested? Hey, do you want to come work on set? Do you want to do this? And I have responded to all of them. I'm like, thank you so much for thinking of me. I'm actually just focusing on acting and writing right now. Um, you know, but thank you. And that was like, to even do that and admit it to myself, I was like, what are you doing turning down paychecks? Like, you can't do that. And I told my parents and they were like, at this point, we know you're going to do you. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I think at this point I had done enough, like, of whatever I wanted. I like to think in a somewhat smart way, you know, I haven't completely landed on my ass and I haven't needed them to bail me out financially, which I think is huge to them obviously. Um, but I was just like, no, this, I need to try. I owe it to myself to really just try what it is I really want to do. And they're like, oh, okay. And maybe because I wasn't met with as much hostility as I had expected, that also helped me open up myself to manifesting, you know? And like these last couple of weeks, it seems that like finally I have the right headspace and the right mindset to draw in what I want to draw in with or without the permission or approval of anybody else. But it has definitely been there. The makeup business gets so much slack because no matter how I explain it to people, it's, you know, still multi-level marketing in their eyes. And there's like, what you sell stuff. That's gross. So there's definitely the hate, but I think really just admitting to myself that I'm comfortable with it and learning to like it. It doesn't mean that I have negative feelings towards the haters, but it's just, I don't feel them. I, I don't feel that because I'm so confident in what it is I'm trying to do and whether it succeeds or fails, I think just the self permission has been the most important part. And the confidence is the most important part because if you're not confident in what you do or in your ability to succeed, then that's where all the struggle occurs. Cause like I actually, I had a somewhat like we're similar in a way because I knew when I was like five years old, I'm going to be an entertainer. I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be directing stuff. I'm going to be doing all of this stuff in the film and TV world. Yes. Um, I knew it. And I knew I'm going to move to Hollywood. It was just all set in stone. And it was just a matter of it happening eventually. So, you know, I moved to LA and I went to college here in LA. Um, just kind of to be like, all right, well, at least I have this to do while I'm out here pursuing things. But um, I went to school, like my school is in Pomona, which if, for those of you who don't know, Pomona is like an hour away from Hollywood, but I moved to Hollywood so that I could be close to all of the stuff that I wanted to pursue. So it was really like school was just like a backup plan for me, but my parents, my family always knew that this is what I wanted to do and they were just like, okay, they like supported it 100%. The problem wasn't that people didn't believe in me, it was that I didn't believe in myself. And that's what I believe kept me from really achieving what I wanted in the film and entertainment industry. I used my insecurity, believing that I wasn't attractive enough to book roles. Um, I used the fact that I didn't have any money to not get great headshots or get resourceful, you know, as far as paying for stuff. I use, I'm seeing your, your thumbs are going up. I know. <laughs> you know, I used a lot of, 
other, I, I used a lot of external stuff as excuses for why I wasn't good enough. And the reality was I was just scared maybe of succeeding, of getting what I wanted. Who knows what it was. And in the end, I'm grateful that, you know, I've created the life that I wanted to create for myself because this is more in line with what I wanted to do. I've always wanted to be an entertainer, which is what I feel like I am on social media anyway. But I also wanted to help people and create a bigger impact than just acting. So for me, I'm kind of getting the best of both worlds now. And, you know, it's, it's taken me a lot longer to really get settled into what I want to do and actually have a path that I'm going toward um, consistently. Yes, it's taken me a lot longer than I would have liked it to, but I'm grateful that at least I have the confidence now when I didn't have that, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And sometimes it just takes certain people longer than it does for others. Some people go right in and they're, they already have everything that they need in order to succeed and that's great for them. And that's where we have to just not compare ourselves to other people. You have said so many good things today, but that might have been one of my favorites. Um, that, I mean, you just knocked it out of the park with that. It, it, I have wanted to act or perform or, or tell stories or, you know, write. My mom told me I should be a writer basically when I picked up a pencil for the first time. Since, so since I was like four or five, like just my whole life, I've known what it's wanted to do. That's what I want to do. Um, and my favorite form of storytelling has been the visual medium of film, you know, or television, even though I do love writing and I love books. So I'd love to publish a novel and stuff. But there was always a reason not to. And I think it's easy to, to call it not having support from an outside source. Um, but my parents never, you know, they, they never were like, no, you can't do that. We're going to disown you. We hate you. We don't love you. And like, it was never anything like that. And they gave me verbal yeses and they drove me to the auditions I wanted to go to. Now, did they pick me up and move me to Los Angeles at seven because I told them I wanted to be Hillary Duff? No, they also did not do that. You know, they don't have a, a whole ton of money. So they financially was not always the way in which they could support me and that it is what it is, but they definitely were still, you know, like I said, they didn't bring like negativity to the table. They did just always try to be like, well, just like, or you have responsibilities and bills to pay. So think of how you're going to do that while you're doing this. But I allowed all of that to get in my own way too. It was like, well, you know, I signed up for an internship post-college. You could do it one month after you graduated um, to get me out to LA because I didn't want a reason. I didn't want to just pick a weekend and then all of a sudden something happens, the car breaks down or the what. Like I, I wanted to know I had to be out there for something. And so I did that three months after graduating and I've been out here ever since. But first it was, I live in Anaheim. Um, I can't audition as much as I want to because they're so far away. Okay, I moved up to Burbank. Well, I got to pay the bills and I got to make sure the bills for next month are set and I can't be wasting money. So I'm not going to take that acting class. I'm going to settle with these headshots. And it was just excuse after excuse after excuse. But the whole time I'm taking classes and no one is telling me I'm so bad I need to quit. Everyone has faith in my actual creative acting ability. People, I've, I've worked with people, you know, who are like, well, I don't know why you don't get casted. Well, I cast you in something. Well, you're great. Well, you don't need this class. And the whole time I'm like, if I, I don't, and that's not to say I'm a great actor or don't, can't improve, you know, part of that is also just finding the coaches that are best for you. But um, I was like, okay, so clearly no one's saying I suck and need to go home. So why am I not doing what I want to do? 
oh, because I am making all of the excuses and I'm not, you know, I'm not giving myself a shot. So this year has been a lot of just opening up to not being scared. I, you know, it was like, okay, well, I don't want to be like a film star. I mean, I do like, I, I want to be in big movies, but like maybe if I'm a film star, like that's too much burden for my parents and for people around me because I'll be in magazines and be popular. Well, yeah. I don't want to make too much money because money corrupts people and I'm humble and I came from no money and I want to always stay humble. Well, if I'm busy and all of a sudden it was just like, girl, you haven't even earned the excess. Wow. <laughs> Like, girl, you haven't even earned the success that you're talking about, and you're already so scared of it, you're not even letting yourself chase it. <laughs> what? Right. Who cares about the money? Because at the end of the day, when I, and, and this is all anxiety, too, so it's like at the end of the day, when I just bump all of that out of my head, and it's just like, okay, you went, you performed, you created with somebody, and you came back so joyful, your boyfriend and dog became joyful just being in your presence because you were so happy. That's what you're meant to be doing. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Whether there's money involved, whether there's not money involved, we don't need to think about being an Avenger. We're not an Avenger yet. Like whether we're a multi-million movie star, like dollar movie star, or just humbly acting at the local theater, it, none of that matters right now. We just know that that's what you need to be doing because that's what makes you shine. And so it's like, oh, I, I can do this. And now I'm open to whatever happens from it. And I think that's been huge in also releasing some of the anxiety is like the bills, they'll get paid. Everything will work out. It'll be okay. Just make sure you're doing those things that bring you joy and that you're supporting yourself. It's great when outside people support you, but if you don't support yourself, like you said, if you don't have the confidence, what are you doing? What, what do you expect to happen if you're lacking in those things? Right. Yeah, that's so important. I think it's also being brave enough or I don't know if brave is the right word but just daring to actually question what you believe to be true like okay is this really what's going on like are all of these things I'm making excuses for are these really external problems or is this just my problem like what's going on on the inside for me that is causing my external world to look the way it is because once you start taking 100% responsibility for your actions and everything that you do in life and everything that you create, you start to realize how little everything has to do with anybody else and how much it all has to do with you. Yes. Yes. I think being big, like not big numbers wise, but just being on social media, being active on social media all of the time and constantly seeing things other people do. It's just so easy to compare yourself. So, so easy to just, yeah, stand, you stand in your own way and you create these excuses. And then it's like, wait, why did I just do that? That wasn't literally, I was so scared about what somebody else thought and they weren't even thinking of me. They, <laughs> I didn't even cross their mind. And that can be the most freeing thing. I just unfollow people now who don't make yeah. me happy. And for the most part, like it's all people who don't even follow me back or, you know, like you're, do you need stuff like that for your own mental health. And maybe it's not even about a forever unfollow. Maybe you just need to meet that person for a little while just so that you get to focus on you and not so much on what everyone else is achieving. Because I mean, we're all going through stuff, but we're not, presenting it for the most part so it's hard to it's hard to remind yourself that you know 
just because that person looks like they're super, super successful doesn't mean that they actually are. Um, so, but you still need to do that for yourself. Just focusing on the stuff that actually makes you feel good rather than sitting with all the stuff that makes you feel like garbage. I love that. That's actually a really good quote. <laughs> yeah, it is. I was thinking, I was like, oh, that was, that was pretty good. Um, I know, I was like, can I print that somewhere? Do you like have that in sticker form? <laughs> um, yeah, so is there anything else that you want to add that you want the audience to know about that you're up to, that you're doing before we wrap up? Um, I don't have anything huge right now. I have a couple things in the works. So I guess I'll just do, you know, an Instagram plug. I'm alexandra.nye on Instagram. And right now I'm trying to write a children's book, which I'm super excited about. I just got the story down on paper first rough draft yesterday. I forgot all about that. I saw your post and that's super exciting. Thank you. I will probably be in contact with you just to talk about your process if you're okay with that. Um, ask me anything about that whole process. I'm happy to help. Thank you. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk again because we hit some really great topics and conversation points today. Um, yeah, so I can just be found mostly on Instagram and links to anything else that I do are there, but that's my the main thing that I use other than Facebook. So alexandra.ni and then we'll follow along with the the um, writing of this children's book that I'm excited about. And then, of course, I will be doing some makeup stuff because we have a new collection coming out for winter. Um, and other than that, just auditioning. And I do have a couple auditions that I will actually go practice, rehearse for right now. So super excited and we'll see well, what happens. If it's meant for you, you'll get them. So thank I'm with you. <laughs> what happens with that. All right, well, Alex, thank you so much for for joining me today. I've had so much fun talking. We'll, we'll have to do this again because I'm sure there's so much more we could talk about. We actually had to like cut it short for the sake of time. But um, yeah, I really appreciate that you took the time today and I'm super excited um, for everything that you have coming up and for people to hopefully follow you and get to check out what you do and how awesome you are. Thank you so much for having me. I genuinely enjoyed the heck out of this. So it was very fun to talk to you. Um, and I love everything that you do. I'm looking forward to not only hearing this podcast, but keeping up with all of your podcasts. Yeah, I love that content and seeing how your book release goes. How exciting. I'm excited for both of us. We've got Yay, I know. <laughs> very exciting. It was so nice talking to you, Beck. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe. And if you love the show, make sure to leave a review. Reviews let other listeners know that this is the show to tune into if they like all things entrepreneurship, spirituality, uh, I don't know, Beck Medina, all of the weird, goofy stuff that we talk about, you know the cool stuff. Anyway, I love you all so much. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you soon. Bye.